The content presented in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It does not constitute financial advice, and listeners are encouraged to consult with qualified financial professionals before making any investment decisions. The views expressed on the show are that of the guests and the host and may not be the same views of LaSalle Street Securities or LaSalle Street Investment Advisors. Welcome to Investing with Integrity, the podcast dedicated to BRI, Biblically Responsible Investing. In each episode, we delve into the world of BRI, where we prioritize values over just financial gains. We believe true wealth encompasses the well-being of individuals, communities, and the world. Join us as we chat with industry experts, advisors, pastors, and more, sharing insights into BRI's core principles. We'll explore how companies are evaluated for ethical inclusion, ethical industries, and the impact of shareholder activism. Of course, BRI has its challenges and will openly address them, offering tips on how to navigate these challenges while staying true to your values. Our goal is to empower you with resources to make informed, value-aligned investment decisions. If you want a portfolio that aligns your financial and moral goals, Investing with Integrity is your podcast. Let's discover how wisdom, principles, morals, and integrity can shape a purposeful approach to investing. Join us in exploring how faith-based values and finance can coexist harmoniously. So get ready for this transformative journey where we prioritize wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity over it all. Well, welcome to the Investing with Integrity podcast. My name is Jeff Tellerico. I am your host, and I am honored and blessed today to have my friend, Mike Skillman, as our guest. Mike is the CEO of Faith Investor Services, and he's dedicated to working with the best-in-class investment managers to bring faith-based ETF solutions to the market. He was previously the CEO of Cadence Capital Management, where he oversaw all facets of the company and represented the firm externally with the media and investors. Now, throughout Mike's career, he has served in a variety of roles related to investment management. He served as vice president for Pacific Financial Asset Management Corp., and he worked as an analyst with Pacific Mutual Life Insurance Company and was a financial analyst in the aerospace industry with Aerojet General Corporation. He is also a member of the CFA Society of Dallas, and he serves on the executive board at SMU's Cox School of Business. He's also a member of the board of directors of Memorial Healthcare System, which is a nonprofit hospital system in Southern California with over $2 billion in annual revenue. He chairs their investment committee, and he's a member of the Audit and Enterprise Risk Management Committee. So, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Al, thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. And Jeff, I really appreciate uh, being a guest on your podcast. Well, we appreciate you doing this and helping us out and get the word out about investing with integrity in our faith. So I'm going to start off with you the same way I start off with most all of my guests. Tell us something about you that we just don't know. <laughs> well, this is a, a fun story uh, that a lot of people wouldn't guess, at least in my professional life. My, my friends know this, but I am uh, fortunate to serve uh, at our church and the capacity I serve in, I think, is what surprises a lot of people from the business world. But I am on our safety and security team. So we have uh, sadly in this world, we, we need to have an organized security presence and keep our uh, pastors and our and our guests safe at church. So I am uh, pretty much every Sunday I am there and, and part of that team and, and, and keeping our, our congregation safe. So, uh, you know. 
hunting and firearm sports have always been sort of a uh, passion of mine uh, recreationally, but I can I can blend that with faith and, and do something that, that makes a difference as well. So again, I think well, that surprises a few folks that uh, in the workplace. <laughs> that's pretty awesome because you're right. I didn't know that about you, but I'm glad your and friends it, do. Yeah. So in, in your introduction, I was pretty brief in, in your history and what you've done in the financial services industry. Why don't you just highlight a, a little bit more of some of the things that you've done and some of the companies you've been with? Yeah, I, I fit really old when you mentioned all those places I'd worked. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I started, I like to say I started in the aerospace industry as a financial trainee and learned very quickly that a financial person in an engineering company is probably not going to be happy for the long run. And I was was uh, fortunate to join an insurance company. It used to be called Pacific Mutual, now goes by Pacific Life uh, in Southern California and as an analyst. And that was really my entree to the money management world. A lot of people uh, know, but many don't remember that PIMCO started out as mm -hmm. you know three internal bond analysts at the insurance company. And were successful uh, by the by the late 80s when I was was joining the insurance company and senior management thought, hey, maybe if we've done pretty well with this bond firm, we can replicate our success by seeding several uh, equity oriented investment firms. And so that was the genesis of the building out the investment capabilities of Pacific Life. And I was fortunate to move into that uh, enterprise relatively quickly. And so Cadence was Cadence Capital, you mentioned in my background, was one of those firms. Now, the uh, the challenge for me is Cadence was started in Boston and I was living in California. So I had to move my wife and, uh, you know, at that time, uh, five year old, three year old and seven month old daughters uh, to Boston where we lived for 20 years. So uh, talk about a, a big cultural shift. But I was very blessed to be uh, in that firm for many years and, you know, raised our family in the Boston area. You know, our focus at Cadence First of all, secular investment firm. I spent, you know, the bulk of my career in the secular investment management side, and we were catering to uh, large institutions, predominantly large corporate pension funds. You know, yes, some public pension funds, some labor unions, foundations, and endowments, but that really was our bed, bread and butter was the the institutional um, uh, investment management business. And so. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish well, up. I was going to say one one little uh, thing worth mentioning is that we'd managed mutual funds as part of that for years. And in the later years, uh, as ETFs took off, uh, we thought that there was real applicability to several of our more quantitative strategies to deliver them within the ETF wrapper. And so that was my beginning of my experience having to build out an ETF um, platform, you know, board of trustees, everything soup to nuts from scratch um, while we were at Cadence and, and part of Pacific Life. Awesome. Glad you did that because it brought you to where you are today. And and that, that brings up my next question. Tell us how the transition's been from doing what you do in the secular world to bringing it into your faith and doing it through a faith-based investment firm. It, it's well, first of all, it's been a great transition. And, you know, so often we, we all talk about, you know, we, we go to church Sunday and then we have to go in the real world. And there seems to be this you know, segmentation from, you know, life versus our, you know, biblical life. And as, as you and I know, there, there really shouldn't be. It's, it's all, uh, all life is, is meant to, uh, to honor God and to be able to do that openly in the work setting and do something that is impactful to help investors align their portfolios has been extremely rewarding. You know, we've been doing this now for about two and a half years. Uh, we started the company. So it's just been great to take that, uh, that institutional investment expertise and bring it now to the broader world in a biblical sense. And I think that's one of my passions is, and I know that others in the space feel the same way, is that 
you know, faith-based investing, uh, you know, has many uh, interpretations depending on who you're talking to. And I think there's this historical perception that it wasn't necessarily the realm of professional investors, performance seeking, you know, there was an, it was an either or, and I like to say it's an and, you know, you can have your faith and your performance. So it's, it's so far, it's been just extremely rewarding to, to bring that experience to the space. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's very interesting to see all the data that has been done from so many of the companies showing that a screened portfolio, one that is is screened for biblical principles, if you will, or or a faith-based principle, uh, whichever it may be, the performance numbers are identical to that of an unscreened performance. And yeah. that to me is someone who only does biblically responsible investing and faith, faith screening. It's amazing because my clients have not faltered one bit. And I really enjoy being able to do that. So that's something cool. I'm glad you're part of this organization now, <laughs> Mike. And and you and you've come to the to the light side, not the dark side any longer. <laughs> that's right. Of the secular yes. space. Yes. And so, and it's 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 really um refreshing to be, you know, open about your faith in a business setting. I'll remember the first Kingdom Advisors conference two years ago I went to was just so inspiring. You know, first of all, you remember, we're just coming out of COVID. So to be around 2000 people period was, 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 uh, was great. You know, that probably spoke fear for some, but I think for those of us there, that was, uh, we just got so much energy from that, but to have a combination of, of financial topics and praise music, I mean, just, uh, that was just mind blowing to me. And, uh, and it was again, this last year, it just, it's, it's really incredible. It was. And, and Mike, you and I actually met in person. We've been at the same Kingdom Advisors Conference, but like you yeah. said, there's 2000 plus people and we did not meet at those. But just recently we had the National Association of Christian Financial Consultants and that conference was a lot more intimate. There was just you know yes. a handful of us there. And that's where we were able to touch base and meet. And I got to know you a little bit better. You met my wife. And and that's something that I think is really cool. We've got a, a lot of things in common, bringing faith to the workplace. Well, like I said, Mike, you and I, uh, we've been at the same Kingdom Advisors Conference for the last two years, and there's just so many people there we did not personally meet. But we did just recently meet together at the National Association of Christian Financial Consultants, and that's where you got to meet my wife. I got to meet you, your business partners, and talk a little bit more about the screening that you've done on your portfolio and, and how proud you were that it was finally 100% screened the way yeah. that you were looking for and wanting to do. So when that happened and, and they came and says, hey, you're 100% clean now, how did you guys feel about that? You know, it it felt like a graduation ceremony, you know, like you've, you've, you've arrived at some level. And, you know, it's something that we've been endeavoring to do with um, – uh, the, the fund that we manage, the ticker symbols Pray, so it's the FIS Christian Stock Fund. Evaluator has been the source of um, of screening uh, since the inception. But, you know, in, like any tool, using it, there were some interpretation differences about how long perhaps a company had not been engaging in certain behaviors that was different than evaluator. And so we've just, you know, taken time and, and really give credit to the evaluator folks to engage with us and explain the position and how the data was gathered so that we could finally, you know, bring the portfolio into full alignment. So, yes, um, it was great that it coincided with being there at that conference uh, with so many like-minded VRI um, folks. That's great. So, I want to go back to to this podcast and what it means for me to be able to do this and just get the word out, because I think more people would invest their morals, their values, their ethics if they knew that they could. So our tagline at this podcast is wisdom over worth, principles over profit, 
morals over money, and integrity over it all. So when you when you hear that, how does that line up with what you guys are doing at FIS? Well, uh, perfectly. I'd like to, I'd like to think if I had to put a single word on it, but I. First of all, I love the tagline, and I really think one of the core scriptures, what we're all trying to do, you know, Matthew 16, 26, you know, for what profit is it to a man who gains the world and loses his soul? So how we earn our money, how we invest our money and the gains we make on that um, matters to God. And, you know, I think that that uh, is a concept when it comes to investing uh, that just a lot of people haven't been as exposed to. So I think part of what you're doing and part of what we're doing is education. And then the practical side of it that you alluded to a moment ago, there just haven't been the options to allow people to practically invest that way. And so, you know, going back to what we both said um, just a few moments back, you know, we are fiduciaries. We you know, we need to help clients meet their their financial goals, whether that's retirement, whatever their goals may be. So, again, it's performance, but in a faithful manner. So we, we want to meet both of those goals. And, and that was really the opportunity we saw to start faith investor services, there just you know wasn't enough out there in terms of different faith-based options. And we knew that there were faith-based investment managers who would love to bring a, an exchange-traded fund to market that would allow more clients to invest. They just didn't either have the background, they didn't have the patience or, or the desire to kind of get into what it takes to offer that type of a 40-act fund. And so that's really the breach that we're stepping into, you know, actively managed portfolios. There's other that focus more on passive. So we think we've differentiated ourselves a bit. So when you guys are doing research on the companies that you that you want in your portfolios, there are some times that a really good company is doing everything right, except maybe one or two things. Yeah. And that brings up that that topic of of shareholder activism. And what do we do with that? So, yes. even in today's world, with our screens, with all the different things that we can use to to clean portfolios, I think there's still a place for a level of shareholder activism. And, and do you guys partake in that as well? How, how, does, how does FIS uh, differentiate themselves in that way? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we have two funds. One is managed by the Knights of Columbus in accordance with the Catholic teaching, the US, which is determined by the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops. So the Knights of Columbus are very active in their engagement. Prey is managed by Capital Insight Partners, and they engage with management as well through writing letters you know, talking to investor relations departments, you know, most companies, you're not going to talk directly to the chief financial officer. If, you know, that's just, you know, that's just the way things work. I think there's a real opportunity, though, to bind together the the uh, different uh, firms in the faith-based arena to have a louder voice, because collectively, we're going to be much stronger when it comes to shareholder engagement. You know, we can vote our proxies, we can make individual calls, but I think that's really an, uh, an opportunity for us to band together. I was recently, you and I talked about in Boston, Robin John from Eventide was gracious to host a um, a handful of us uh, leaders of the different faith-based management firms in Boston. And, you know, that's, that's a group that is committed to, you know, my words, expanding the pie. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're just trying to create the, you know, a broader network of, of uh, options for folks. And I think that's an area we can all work together. We have common interests. You know, we may have different investment strategies. We may even have some different interpretations of how biblical wisdom is, is ends up in the portfolio. But I think we all can band together for shareholder engagement and have a much louder voice. And, so, you know, and one, one, uh, just one quick uh, comment on that. What you find from a lot of companies is there's, and, and I don't know if you've reached out to firms yourself, but the investor relations person 
is in many cases is a believer and they say, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah. We hear from the other side so much. And therefore, that's got to be reflected in our, our annual meetings and, and in our in our policies. But when we hear from from folks like yourselves, you know, we 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 love that. So I think that's you know, we think we're just we're small. We're not going to be heard. But there are many companies out there that are just waiting for us to reach out. So sorry to mean to. Interrupt you You're fine. Yeah. I, I love to, I love to hear your take on these things because I'm yeah. sure the audience really wants to know that too. So many people just sit back and think that, well, I'm only one. What's it going to matter if I do something? And it truly does make a difference. It truly does impact the way things happen. I mean, because of shareholder activism, apartheid was ended. I mean, that exactly. was a huge step that most people don't know that, but it does work. And I think it's something today especially needs to be introduced and reiterated time and time again. If you own an individual share in a company, use your voice. You're able to stand up and make a difference. Exactly. And, and we need to all collectively exercise that together. So I think we have an even louder voice. So so with that and, and knowing that that hasn't ever changed, we're still able to do that. What do you think are some of the biggest hurdles our industry is going to face over the next three, five, ten years? You know, I think the um, you know the hurdles to investing uh, in a faith-based manner on the surface look like the culture is going away from us, right? It looks like the numbers would say there's fewer people, you know, uh, that would identify as Christians. You 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 watch the popular press. Uh, you know, the, the corporate press or the mainstream media, whatever term you want to put on that. And you would think, well, we, we've got huge challenges. But I know you know this, but for the audience that may not realize this, there is so many more people now. The movement is actually growing. I think we've got a tailwind, actually, versus hurdles to um, to faith based investing. You know, sadly, it's taken companies like Disney. It's taken an InBev and what happened with the, the Bud Light fiasco to uh, really wake up a lot of um, uh, people to say, you know, I given the growth of passive investing, a lot of people hold the SP 500 index fund and they now smart enough and and have the information more more importantly have the information at their fingertips because of what's available online to say you know there's there's a lot of companies in this portfolio that are doing things i don't agree with what can i do about that and so it's it's folks like us folks like you sitting with your clients educating on what's possible but you know you're probably seeing clients coming to you and saying you know hey jeff help me help me figure this out i i don't want to own things uh in my portfolio that don't align and you know i know that you are committed across your practice to BRI. So there may not be as many of those folks as, as maybe a more secular advisor that has, you know, some Christian clients. But um, I think, I think we've got more tailwinds than headwinds, honestly. And, and I think that's really, um, I think that's really going to help us uh, get the word out. What I, what I find very interesting about focusing my, my morals, my ethics, and, and focusing on this, this BRI trend that we are in, is even the clients that don't align align with me spiritually, they they trust the guidance because they've all heard of the Bible, they understand the Bible, and it's not that they're against it, they just don't want to to follow someone like I do with following Christ or or and believing uh, what I believe in faith, but they trust what we do because they know that the Bible's right, and that's something that they wrestle with, and and that's fine. 
I mean, I, I love them just like I should. I treat them with the same dignity right. and respect. And, and I even have, you know, friends at, at secular mutual fund companies that I've built relationships with over the years that, that truly understand why I do what I do and I can't use their product. And I, I know that they've gone back time and time again to money managers going, Hey, can we look at creating a fund that does something like this? Because they know that this movement's here to stay. I truly believe that, Mike. And I, I commend am. you guys for doing what you're doing and and honoring our God, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, th this is a bit, uh, this is related, but I, I really, um, I, I look at what happened in Virginia and what happened with the uprising, if you want to call it that, of parents against what was happening largely in the schools, which elected Glenn Youngkin. I'm not here to make political commentary, but I think what was was important about that, because underlying that are biblical principles or things that were going to schools that were against biblical principles, if you want to word it that way. But I think it showed that it, it doesn't matter what what letter is after your name from a political standpoint, that if you hold traditional family values dear which you and i know are biblical principles that you know there is a populist support for that that is much bigger than you would realize if you're just again watching you know the network news or reading some of the uh you know particularly east coast based national newspapers well i won't name any names <laughs> well and you're right i mean yeah. we've got to turn off the news we yeah. we have been indoctrinated with one story and one story only. And, and what we need to do for our clients is show them what truth is. And some of them believe everything that is written or put on the news. And, and there's more to life than that. And I think it takes a someone like you and your firm, someone like me and, and the many others that are doing this type of investing to just show truth. And as we share the truth, I think tides change. You said it a minute ago. It's it's a tailwind. It's not something that we're going to be going up against. It's it's the momentum that we're going to be having for the future. And that's why I truly believe that this is not just a fad. It's It's been around for 30 years and it's gaining more and more traction. More and more companies are, are coming to the to the party, if you will, realizing that, hey, the masses want this. We need to figure out a way to provide it. And I Absolutely. think that's a good thing. All the way Absolutely. across the board. You know, you, so, you said something that really touched on me, too. This is this is really important to my philosophy about what we're doing is, you know, Jesus came full of grace and truth. And it's 100 percent grace and it's 100 percent truth. Uh, and, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, you know, there's a lot of us who have talked about the truth, but they've lacked a lot of grace and, and the love that's supposed to be uh, underlying what we do has been lost and that's turned people off. And I think that's sad because we've, we've turned people away who otherwise, as you pointed out, would be interested. So we've, we've got to have both the truth, but also the grace. You know, it can't be all about grace and you do you and, you know, I'm okay, you're okay either, right? We, we can't lose that truth, but I think it's important that we, we have both uh, in this conversation because clearly some of the principles around abortion and traditional family values can can be a lightning rod. And, and you know, we 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 love we love our, our all of our brothers and sisters. So we got to get that message across in a way that, um, you know, that gets across both elements of that. You know, being fortunate enough to do what I do. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, this I'm, I also pastor yes. a church. Yes. So I'm in a I'm in a little different of an environment because I totally get 100 percent truth. 100% grace. And we have to be willing to show that there, there is this stigma that, you know, 
Christians, the world knows what Christians are against. Right. I think we need to do a better job of sharing with the world what Christians are for. Yes. And, and that, that part gets left out. You know, I think I, I shared this on an earlier podcast with one of our guests that my definition of hypocrisy is, is when you're not yourself on Sunday. <laughs> I love that. And I've never heard that. Right? <laughs> and un yeah. unfortunately, there are many that that's, that's the truth. They're, yeah. They go to church and they're one way and come Monday morning, they don't know that they can bring their faith to work and, and truly shine that light. And, and it's a joy to have someone like you on the show that, that does that. You, you show the world, this is who I am. Yeah. And well, taking it's... that stand is awesome, Mike. Well, it's a privilege to to live that way now. I mean, it wasn't always that way, right? You're you're afraid of what people would say, or you're. Just, I was just uh, trapped in that same thought of, well, okay, come Monday, now the now you got to put the uh, the game on and go into the you know the combat arena. So it's um you know I feel blessed that I've been able to you know enter this business and have that transformation. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask all my other guests too. If there was somebody dead or alive that you could just sit down and have coffee with. Who is it? What would you talk about and why? Uh, well, um, I mean, the first person that comes to mind is, is Jesus. Right. So uh, that would uh, that would be incredible. I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, one of the one of the great things about The Chosen, and, I'm, and I know you've watched it, uh, is yeah. it's just humanized Jesus in a way that it's just said, oh, okay, this is someone I could sit down and have coffee with. Right. And for some reason, you know, in our faith upbringing, it's, there's this. Uh, thought that uh, he wasn't fully man when we know he was. So, you know, that I, I, I'm not just saying that because we're on a faith-based discussion, but that truly would be um, a person I would want to sit down. And then, of course, a more uh, secular or political figure, you know, I would I would want to sit down with um, with Winston Churchill. I just think the experiences that he had from the World War One into the World War Two areas and all the things that he did to affect, you know, things that are frankly going on today would be an amazing conversation. You know, I think that sometimes we forget these true historical figures and what they did and what they stood for. And we either don't teach them, we don't talk about them, we ignore what they shared. And, yeah. and that's, that's a downfall because I think that history is a beautiful thing. History has proven time and time again to repeat itself, much like the stock market does. It has its <laughs> ups, it has its downs. It, it it doesn't go back to zero. And if it did, well, then we're all in the same boat anyway. But but we need to be willing to to accept those truths and, and just go on with life, loving, caring for each other, and just being there to answer questions when people have them. So Winston Churchill's a great choice. I think he was uh, one of those guys that that did a lot that we don't even think about today. So that yeah. that's a great choice. So what what Mike, what didn't I ask you that you want to talk about? Um, you know, you, you, um, you, we really covered a lot of the, uh, the subjects, um, you know, especially the performance over, over faith. Uh, cause I think that's one that I think when you going back to something you said about challenges, so maybe it's not the way you didn't ask, but just to expand on it, I think that's our biggest challenge is communicating that this isn't about a choice of, uh, I always joke, there's a marketing campaign in there, you know, the, uh, you know, it's a case for and right performance and faith. And. Right? So, and, you know, the power of and or something like that. I, I guess I, if I was a better marketing person. I come up with an ad slogan. But um, I think that is, you know, that that education and, and then we have to execute on it. And it's over rolling three and five year periods. Right. It's not every quarter. 
You know, we right. worked with all, they happen to be mostly Catholic, I think, institutionally, whether it's hospitals, dioceses, uh, you know, in my old world at Cadence. And, you know, the way you track performance is, you know, you put all of your accounts together and come up with a, a single representative number. They, the term for that is a composite. Well, we kept our faith-based accounts in our, quote, composite because we knew over those rolling three and five years, they were the same. So I think that's just, um, you already asked about it, but I just want to emphasize it, I guess, that I think that's really our message and we need to, we need to demonstrate it, but that, that, that investors can have both. So what other ways, what other areas do you think we could educate? I mean, I know this, hopefully this podcast is one of them. What else should we be doing? Not, not as just individual advisors, but faith-based firms. What are, what are the things can we do to get the word out that it's okay to invest your morals and your values? You know, I think one of the areas that we collectively can start doing at a much more grassroots roots level is in our church community. You know, I think all of us struggle sometimes we don't want to talk about in our church community because it appears we have a conflict of interest, right? Oh, he just wants to, or she just wants yeah. to sell us something, right? So um, I don't know, we talked about that at the NACFC conference. So I think, you know, but that's the the place that we engage with so many people at, at the grassroots that can benefit from that. So I think that's one area that we need to have, you know, more curriculum um, and and more discussion around uh, at the at the church level, at the you know uh, the hand to hand combat, if you will, of of you know a very individual. You know, podcasts like this are going to be important. You know, there there can be uh, you know national ads on TV by some firms that can afford that. It would be great, but I I think what it's going to come down to you know person to person conversations. You know, it's 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 interesting that. You you have your church family that you get to deal with. How many of them know what you do and know the reason that you do it? Well, I've I, hopefully a lot because I'm not afraid to talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I and again, I always joke like I'm not trying to to sell a product, but I it's it's really been rewarding the reception that people that people have given me and just like wow that you know that that's really cool. If I had to pick one response that people have is that's amazing i didn't know that was out there you know i didn't know that was a thing and and you know we're fortunate the ticker symbol we have for one of our funds is, is pray and you know we talked about that earlier that catches people's attention so we tried to put everything on our website and, and education and i've had a lot of friends who you know just don't really think much about finances they're just in different lines of work that's not their passion that have gone and examined it so yeah, I, i'm hoping that uh you know, we all have those kind of impacts with our friends, family, and clients. What would you say to the pastor that doesn't want to buy in on this type of investing? Well, I guess I would want to ask them why they don't and maybe better understand the resistance to that. Uh, it might change my answer to my question, but I think, um, I think perhaps some pastors might view that, um, you know, my pastor is talking about uh, money this weekend in his sermon. So I guess he, he doesn't fall in that category. But some pastors may not want to mix mix you know, money and biblical wisdom for some reason, because money is more is quoted, as you know, uh, quoted in the Bible, probably as much or more, you know, over 2000 times uh, yes. more than any subject there is. So there really shouldn't be any resistance to, from a pastor to talk about this. So I guess I would just would just. A, ask questions and understand the resistance and B, kind of come back with, with scripture and, and, and talk about all the, uh, you know, the, the God breathed uh, in, inspiration for what we're all doing. And, and they really shouldn't have any resistance to that. The, the reason I asked that question is, and I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but when I made this 
decision to fully go into this type of investing. The only client that did not make the move with me was a pastor. Wow. And, no, you didn't mention that. That's incredible. Yeah, and I, and, and I really was at a loss because I thought of, of all people yeah. that he would understand that. And it was, it was interesting that he didn't, uh, would never give me a real reason as to why, but that, and that's okay. But I was so taken aback. I had, I'd called a, a gentleman at one of the other ETF firms that we do business with and, and asked him, have you ever dealt with this? Have you ever run into this? And, and it was funny because he started laughing and he goes, amazingly, yes. When they had first opened their firm and started doing this type of investing with their ETFs, he had several pastors that just couldn't grasp that you can leave the secular world and invest the way God would and still have the returns. So that, I thought that was pretty cool. That I hadn't heard that. So that's that's I guess we have our work cut out for us. <laughs> we we do. And and again, it's it's all about communication. And and that's what I hope the likes of of doing this podcast and the many others that are out there and the and the books that have been written, that if we're able to just convey this message that stewardship is important, generosity yes. is important. Yes. And those are things we haven't even touched on yet today. Exactly. So you know, let, let's talk for just a minute on the stewardship side and the generosity side. How how does that play into what you guys do as a firm? Well, I think it just the 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 mindset really. It's you know, that's the really the the foundation for what we're all doing is the biblical stewardship, the concept that it truly does all belong to God. And when you have that mindset shift, then every interaction you have with with your money. Um, you know, time, talent, and treasure, all of it uh, belongs to God. You know, we can stewardship um, in, with all of those attributes. It really just changes the mindset. So I think it's really having that discussion, that education process, and that, you know, the the the, the gifts of of giving and and the benefits that come back from from being a faithful giver are just just tremendous and you know there's so many good organizations like NCF that facilitate that and others that I, you know I think these are all parts of 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 really the same play that we're in <laughs> um, but I think underpinning it all is that concept of stewardship for sure that's awesome because that yeah. I totally agree with you I I have learned a long time ago it, it, you can't outgive God yeah. It all belongs Impossible. to him. Yeah. You know, he, he only asks for a small percentage of us or of it to give back to him. Yet you cannot give him. He continually blesses to those that are giving with the right heart. Now, remember, you can't give yeah. to get you, right. you give because it's yeah. the right thing to do. So that's awesome. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time today to be with us and to explain a little bit more about FIS and what you guys are doing over there. Keep up the great work. And I'm sure I'll see you again at, at the next Kingdom Advisors Conference, hopefully, uh, if not before. So we really okay. appreciate you being on the show. Uh, thanks again for taking the time, and we look forward to seeing you again. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege, and I just am blessed to have gotten to know you. So thanks for the good work you're doing here. Thanks, Mike. Okay. You've been listening to the Investing with Integrity podcast with your host, Jeff Tellerico. Tune in on the first and third Wednesdays of every month to hear from other advisors, industry experts, pastors, and more as we discuss biblical thoughts about money and investing. If you have questions about the show or want to find out more about BRI, send an email to jefft at lasallest.com. Remember, this journey is all about putting wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity 
over it all. God bless.